What's shaking, YouTube nights? It's Thursday, so you know what that means. It's time for the coverprice.com Shakers of the Week shake special on a special episode. If you of shake Boston. it more than once, you're playing with it. There's actually more than 10, surprisingly. So you could either go 13 for 13 or 0 for 13. Hopefully, you don't go 0 for 13 because uh, there's one interesting book in here that made the list. Uh, shout out to everybody in the live chat. Uh, I see that there was some special requests for for uh, our in our, uh, DJ Lady Bits. Uh, excuse me, Lady Parts is uh, DJ Lady Style. My bad. So you know what? Uh, we're gonna switch up. I'm gonna give you some Ed Sheeran. Lady DJ style from Paris, France. Did not know she was French, so I actually heard her speak. Um, just another dope DJ from Europe. Speaking of dope DJs, Dark Side Jedi, say what's up. Yo, yo, yo. Thursday night. Shake it, shake it up. There's a great uh, issue on this list that I'm really excited about. So what do you think it is? Well, we'll see. There's a lot of long words on these. Does it rhyme AKA? with Walkman? Number uh, four, yeah, t yeah, Tony Stark man <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah, sure, Jack, say what's good to the people. Oh man, what's going on? I'm actually back from your side of the country. I was at Rose City Comic Con uh, this nah. past weekend, so definitely great to be back in a uh, convention capacity, even though a little different now with uh, Vax proud of it. it wasn't, it really wasn't to be honest with you, but I, I think a lot of that has to do with the way the convention hall like, really spread things out. Um, they had mat. They had a. You had to wear a mask. Uh, you had to bring your vax card. So there was there was a lot of extra that went into it. Um, and certainly some people didn't want to participate. But it was still great to be out there. Like the heater books were all over the floor. People were not coming off those prices. Um, yeah. But it was still which good is ridiculous to because if you're figuring you're getting less attendees, hey man, you got to sell it where you can, right? You know. Yeah. People were people were higher than eBay comps on most books that you would call key. Oh, jeez. I mean, they uh, probably see what's going on with the market right now. So uh, everybody's God. afraid to sell. They're afraid to sell something that's going to be on the shakers list. Yeah, we always well, talk. If you about want to make some stuff. money, actually sell some books. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. Now's the time. We always, right? we always talk about those booths that just go to uh, cons just to set up to show off. Like yeah. they oh, price the show it. off booths. Yeah. yeah, traveling museums. Yeah, they price it to say, "Look at what I got," but nobody's really gonna pay for it. Torpedo. 
<laughs> no, sorry. Um, <laughs> hey, shout out to uh, Ferd Bird, the nerd. Happy Thursday, peeps. Rest in peace, Norm McDonald. Yeah, we miss uh, we pa- comedy legend uh, passed over the past this weekend. He had his cancer. Yeah, I didn't everybody. know he was sick at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, he kept it uh, his cancer a secret and are you know at least privately only to his inner circle and nobody knew. But uh, yeah, I remember him uh, obviously from um, the. Uh, Weekend update, but you know, I always remember him as Burt Reynolds on Celebrity uh, Jeopardy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> always messing with Alex Trebek, man. Uh, that's what I miss, man. Uh, shout out to Leverage Comics also for the four ninety nine super chat with nothing but just appreciate the four ninety nine super chat. So shout out to you, Leverage Comics. Uh, this list is brought to you by our friends over at. Uh, let me bring up the graphics. Let me get through this so I can go see my skins lose. Um, uh, <laughs> Coverprice.com. Uh, this is uh, this list comes from our friends over at Coverprice, focusing on new sales or the most interesting sales found on their exclusive daily shakers list. This list changes several times every day, so make sure you check it out every day to read some of the hottest trending books on the market so uh like i said this is kind of an interesting list because it you know it's not over oh before i get uh, any further um Karis comics is not going to be going to uh Karis Com- uh new york city comic-con uh, so the exclusive that they had for it i don't know what's going to happen to it so um if you planned on seeing them they pulled out last minute due to a lot of travel and all that other stuff but you know unfortunately they're not going to make it so uh we shall see where they go but you still get this bad boy. Uh, sexy, last I saw, sexy, it, it sexy. wasn't it wasn't sold out yet. So uh, all you sneakerheads out there, go out and get it. So um, it could be sold out by now. But yesterday, typically they sell out the same day. But the last time I saw, it was still hot. This is the Amazing Spider-Man. You know, look at the detail. I mean, just the if you look at that lace on the top, the first crisscross on the left side. I mean, you can it's the the shoelace is sheer. You can see through it into the shoe. That is so like awesome detail. Lacing almost looks like it's webbing. It's almost webbing. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, spider web laces. There you go. All right. So this uh, also our friends of Cover Price go over there. This has got up. Uh, get anything in the CarousComics.com store. Use discount code of LOTLB to get. 15% off, boys and girls, 15% off. They're always dropping exclusives. Unfortunately, nothing tomorrow, but they still got a ton of cool stuff over there, so make sure you hit them out. Um, how much should I should play this now? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it halfway through the show. We have a new sponsor for the show, but I'm going to keep that a surprise. I'm going to play it at the uh, toward the middle of the show so I get more eyeballs on it, but mm. uh, that'll keep you in suspense. All right, what do we got for the first one on the list? All right, well, we're starting off with Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 1 from Marvel in 1964. One of the hottest comic books related to the upcoming Spider-Man No Way Home movie is Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 1. This comic features all of our favorite Spidey villains together for the first time in one comic book. Known as the Sinister Six, many of the iconic villains pictured in the movie trailer were heavily hinted to be making an appearance include Dr. Octopus, Green Goblin, Electro, the Lizard, and Sandman. These iconic characters together in one silver screen have been 55 plus years in the making and comic fans have been feverishly picking up copies of this book ever since the trailer dropped. We've seen some impressive sales including a high grade raw copy sell for a whopping $2,800 a CGC 1.5 hit $1,350, and a CGC 4.0 sell for $2,675, 
and a recent CGC 8.5 hit a dizzying sale of 13K. Be on the lookout for the ultra-rare Canadian variant that has no ads on the front cover or inside-outside back cover. Hmm. Wow. I did not... You know, that's, you know, I learned something. Every, I did yep. not know there was a Canadian version this early on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, obviously in the cop rage that that was like, you know, everybody, you know, everybody knows the Canadian variant. So, wow, there was a Canadian variant for this. Uh, what was this? Straight up Silver Age. That's pretty amazing, man. So kind of like the worst kept secret in Hollywood, right? That right. the Sinister Six are coming. Yeah. That, it, you know, we're going to get all three Spider-Men coming. I don't want to spoil venom but let's just say you know whatever i should read I the tea leaves it? read the tea leaves. should i spoil it i meant uh, we've <laughs> if you don't know okay okay I it's mean, not a spoiler because right. we talked about on this channel yes, before from our man mikey sutton that uh venom is eventually going to be incorporated into the mcu yeah. uh sony wants kevin feige to produce it i'll just leave it at that also i want to give a quick shout out to my man j2 ramirez who is now a moderator i should have made what a moderator up? a long time ago it's been my homie since day one on instagram so shout out to my man j2 ramirez holding it down with the wrench and everybody else in the live chat but Wow, it kicked it off with a banger. Amazing Spider-Man annual number one. You know, when I saw this list at first, I was like, Matt, Matt took it easy on this week. There's no, like, uh, Chrome variant or, uh, you know, that Google yeah. book or these other weird things. So, uh, But, you know, a lot of people may have this because, you know, you've been specking on it for a while. So, amazing, amazing Spider-Man annual number one from 1964. What do we got up next? Number two this week is Darkhawk number one. Easy. Everybody should get this one. Yep. But this is the newsstand edition, so give yourself minus half if you don't have the newsstand uh this is from 1991 and prior to 2020 if you would have made the prediction that dark hawk number one would be a thousand dollar book in nine and a nine eight you would have been laughed out of your comic book store and probably yeah. given a nickname like that crazy dark hawk guy or something worse <laughs> but, but that dude has totally been redeemed with last week's new high sale for a newsstand copy at $1,100. While Darkhawk is a long shot for an MCU film appearance, a Disney Plus appearance is not impossible, but we still have a long way to go, probably. That's what we heard that the Disney Plus is going to be developing some type of Darkhawk uh, show. And I think also the new Darkhawk number one and the new uh, version of the Darkhawk probably help burst uh, help this because you know it's like a ripple effect whenever like marvel comes out with a new issue and they you know and the new dark hawk is a totally different character so i think it kind of spawns people to go let me go get that other dark hawk number one but it's been slowly but steadily grabbing but 9.8 for 1100 oh wow that's that's amazing i I also think there's like there's people of my age where i was a kid when dark hawk number one came out and it was a heavily marketed launch and it really felt like, as a kid, like it was going to be a big deal. Um, and certainly, it, it didn't end up being that. But it was it was like a lot of these new characters who launched in the 90s. Um, but I think a lot of us are very nostalgic for, you know, our era and the books that released in our era. And I think that's why you're starting to see uh, some of these early 90s books get a little more love as some of the kids who grew up in that era are starting to get buying power. Yeah. Nostalgia and as always, king. we have to throw the graphics. So 1990, uh, direct, direct market versus newsstand, or newsstand versus direct market was 15% as opposed to 85%. So, you know, therefore some... Um, some see value in that, right? I mean, you know, obviously it's rarer to have the UPC code 
if, if it was in the 90s. It's just one of those things, you know, so it's always good to throw up that handy graphic just in case you're wondering what the ratio is. So Darkhawk number one, the newsstand edition from 1991 has broken the $1,000 bearing market in 9.8. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. All right. What do we got up next? All right. We're sticking with Marvel, but we're talking about Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme number one. The Javier Rodriguez 1 in 25 incentive variant that Marvel released in 2016. Just updating our previous July 2021 note on this specific variant when a raw copy went for $399.99. Newsflash, it's still hot. But, however, since that's a big sale, raws have settled down to the 200 to 275 range. So the graded value just got higher uh, with an all-time high CGC 9.8 copy hitting 610. This surpasses the previous high hit by a CBCS 9.8 back on July 22nd. So folks are still interested in that first appearance of Kushala, the Demon Rider, and Nina the Conjurer in spite of the lack of substantive news. If $600 is too rich for your blood, but you like this back, head over to Cover Price to see the other less expensive yet related variants. Yeah, I think the spec on this is, you know, obviously, you know, people going going back and realizing there's like first appearances, you know, Nina the Conjurer, the Mindful One, and Demon Rider, Kushla. Uh, you know, so, you know, it's just in the market nowadays, it's like, you know, if any first appearance, you know, and they just now that there's so many platforms that Marvel can put stuff out on, even even what if, even if it's not even uh, what you considered in the 616, but maybe, you know, uh, count, you know, close to the 616, but it's still canon, supposedly. So um, me, I'm happy just because I, I, I'm a big Doctor Strange fan. Would I you consider know. this an organic like, no, price increase? Ryan, or is that, it? So, Ryan, that's a great point. This is a character who speculators loved. So okay. this thing got really pushed up because speculators love this. Now, I will say for good reason. Uh, uh, you know, my wife is Native American. Uh, so that that's kind of a thing that I've always been aware of in comics is that like hasn't been the greatest depictions throughout history. Um, yeah. So Marvel made a point in the last several years of really trying to correct that. And I think that the, some of these newer characters of Native descent, I think, are really uh, going to have a great opportunity for showcase in the future. But but rarely do we see characters that are created in, in 2016 that get rise to this kind of, mm -hmm. of value without other media involvement. So yeah, uh, exactly. I think it, it rose a little fast, but I think it still has legs and still one to, to look at long-term. I would check out that list on cover price. There's still some other books that are undervalued. There is a lot of, there's the, I have the one with him with the ax on the cover. Um, you know, cause I was pulling all these at one time and, um, you know, my shop knows I'm a Doctor Strange collector. So I need to go dig my own lawn box and see what I have actually. Jeez, and speaking I, of native American, uh, characters, didn't you have an LTS recently with, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Red, uh, red uh, uh, what is it? Red Wolf? Red Wolf. Red Wolf. Uh, we saw, we saw Echo in that excellent Hawkeye trailer, which, uh, yep. you know, this may be sound blasphemy, but this may take over Die Hard as a Christmas uh, movie <laughs> a show. I mean, it, uh, it you know. has that vibe, doesn't it? it yeah, does. I think the music was great. I, you know, it just you know, um, people are gonna it looks like an adult Home Alone. 
Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, we got to see we got to see Kate Bishop. We saw a quick flash of Echo. We saw saw Hawkeye. So a uh, pretty uh, fun uh, little trailer there. So we got to wait till I think. Uh, Christmas time. And the music was just perfect spot on for it, right? We saw the tracksuit mafia. We <laughs> tried to throw a Molotov cocktail. We saw Pizza the Dog. Pizza the Lucky Lucky the Pizza Dog. We finally got to see him. That was cool. So I mean, and if you watch the trailer, it literally showed like Mac Fraction's run on Hawkeye, right? The the kind of um the bull kind of the circle thing. I mean, throughout the entire trailer. So if you're not specking on those uh the uh, Matt Fraction run a Hawkeye for uh, for uh, Kate Bishop, man, go out and get it. That whole thing there looks like they're going full on using that storyline. So there you go, Doctor Strange, and the Sorcerer Supreme, the Javier Rodriguez, one in twenty five. Wow, six hundred seven dollars for nine point eight. All right, this is actually a book we showed last week when I was going through and looking at it. So uh, look, uh, luckily it fell right into Ryan's yes, lap. Yes, it did, right into my lap. I love Zatanna on my lap. Hawkman number four from 1964. And while there's no new news regarding Zatanna in an on-screen appearance, it doesn't seem to matter when it comes to the sales of super high-grade copies for her first appearance. There aren't just a lot of super high-grade copies out there. And with only 12 in CGC 9.6 condition and a mere three in CGC 9.8 condition, Hardcore Zatanna fans watch closely for these near-perfect copies to hit the market as it's a rare occurrence. We've never seen a CGC 9.8 copy go up for sale, and then the last and then the last time we saw a CGC 9.6 copy sell was at the end of 2019. That's it until this week. A CGC 9.6 copy with off-white to white pages just sold on eBay as a fixed price sale for an all-time high of $20,000. That's double the last sale in 2019 when a copy went for 10000 With Marvel and Independence dominating the aftermarket, it's nice to see a sweet DC comic get some love. 20 G. 20 grand, baby. For 9.6. I don't, I mean, I, I think actually that's undervalued. No, before long Compared time, to what book, things are going yeah, for sale now. Yeah. And plus, they're, they're not hard to find, they're not easy to find in high right. grade as, as well. I mean, 9.6. Give them a 9.8 already. Come on. Right. Jeez. I mean, you should give, they should give credit for a, a book this old being in that great of a condition. Right. This is one of those books that I think when you look back at like those of us who have been doing this for like 10 years now, when you think about how attainable this book was in like low to mid grade. 10 years ago versus where yes, it is now. Exactly. I mean, you used to see this book and it was affordable and it was one of those books. A lot of us put off and said, yeah, I'll get it later. And you're not getting it now. Yeah. I've had mm. three copies, um, one raw, one 3.5. And I have in my collection that won't go anywhere as an 8.0. And that's probably as high as I'll ever be able to afford. I think, I mean, if she does, when she does come on screen, I think it's either Justice League Dark or was it a Zatanna solo series? Or I forgot what I forgot what it was. I mean, the, the news, I, I barely remember yesterday, to be honest with yeah, you. It was supposed to be the Justin, Justice League Dark HBO Max show. If they can do that and do that right, I think that's a crazy I don't see why they can't do it right. I mean, all there's a lot of shows. If they get the right people, they could definitely do it. Look at Titans. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. And if they can do it around those lines. Yeah. As long as they have budget for, uh, they Zaytana need budget because... for Zaytana and they need, but well, they need budget for all of it because it's, 
Yeah. Depends well, on who's. Titans it's a lot of magic. Street, yeah, street level, so you don't really need to go that hardcore with special effects, right? Um, well, no, they have that. I think Titans is fantastic. I agree, but I hate to be like the negative one, but I don't think it has the impact all overall on television that you would want from a Justice League Dark. And Justice League name carries a lot of weight. I think they want that to be a big horror series for them. And if you're going to bring in Constantine and everybody else, I think they want that to be a major success. Yeah, and I oh, think that's yeah. on J.J. Abrams' plate is doing the, the Justice League dark stuff. So uh, we shall see. So not Zack Snyder, but J.J. Uh, Abrams. So we shall pay attention to November. November is going to be. Let's get someone that does horror that's to do that. I mean, we, well, now Guillermo that's... del Toro was originally attached yeah, to Yeah, he was supposed to do it originally. That thought that, yeah. I thought that would have been great. Yeah, and he's a great horror director. Because I just feel J.J. Abrams is going to be too, I don't know, something. Too much well, flint flare. I don't, know, I don't know how much he's... In, I know he's producing. I don't know if he's going to be directing, right? But, um, you know, but, uh, yeah. I mean, Guillermo del Toro was perfect. And yeah. And, you know, that, yeah. that, that fell apart. Um, so, you know, that, who knows what's going on over there. But, you know, pay attention to November. It's going to be uh, two weeks where uh, comic books are going to go crazy. It's going to be the DC fandom event, and it's going to be the Disney Day. Not uh, Disney Investor Day. It's a Disney Day because they're kind of there's no San Diego Comic Con this year, and they're not going to that whatever thing that. that first of all, it's all say the San Diego Comic Con at home is a massive failure. I'm sorry. Um, when you can only get like you know a thousand views for a San Diego Comic Con panel, that's just a massive failure to me. But they just don't know how to market it that well. When you know IGN and these other channels are doing, they're getting like two, three hundred thousand views for you know basically covering the same stuff. So um, we'll see. We shall see. So um, in November, it's a two week span. You got DC fandom first, then boom, then Disney Day is going to be two weeks right after that. So you know. Get out your, like I like to say, get out your eBay tabs ready on your mm -hmm. uh, browser as soon as they announce this information because that's, you know, I've, I have had friends that went to Hall H, like uh, our friend, the big to do. And he says, like, as soon as something is announced, he could see about, you know, oh, about half the crowd immediately going on their phones and going to eBay. Um, you know, and that was the case when he goes, uh, when they announced that, um, Natalie Portman was going to be back in Thor Love and Thunder as, and that, that's when that what if uh, Jane Foster book uh, really jumped up same day during Hall H while they were in there. Everybody had their phones open. And so just if you think you're online, you can wait a few minutes. No, people are there waiting. They have their phones ready and they're ready to go. So there you go. Call them whatever you want, but they're trying to get on top of the game. And that's what it is, man. Can't hate on it. Yo, don't hate the player. Hate the game, son. The early bird gets right. the worm. So I'm safe to say, get ready for your first offer on this list. <laughs> Well, yeah, you mentioned early bird gets the worm. And if you were early on Twitter earlier today, you'd have seen Matt DeVoe was giving little spoilers about him. <laughs> but we're talking about Licensable Bear number four from About Comics in 2007. And whether you're political or not, or a fan of President Barack Obama, this is still a book you should keep an eye out for. It features the first appearance of Obama in comics. Per the Licensable Bear website, the issue hit stores on July 17, 2007, more than a year before the Obama administration in Savage Dragon, IDW's presidential material biography, or any of the ensuing appearances. Then Senator Obama appears on two pages in this black and white final issue while on the campaign trail. It's noted that there are only 1,050 copies of the first printing. 
This week, a rare copy sold for a new high of $170. As noted on the Licensable Bear website, there was a special second printing done as a fundraiser for the Hero Initiative, which was only 60 copies. 50 50 copies signed and numbered, plus 10 artist-proof copies. And a different cover, which uh, was based on the Shepherd's Ferry Obama Hope poster. So... If you read this, it's pretty funny. CGC wants you uh, wants you to help our hobby. Donate to the HeroInitiative.org. Steve Borak paid $207.50 to have me say that. I love shilling for dough. The <laughs> irony of this is Steve Borak is now the head of CBCS, yeah, right? right? I mean, you know, it's kind of funny <laughs> that, you know, so this is how, you know, if, you, if, you're, if, you, if you're any part of the collectible community or world, you know, Steve Borak end, end up start, I don't know when he started CBCS, but obviously, you know, this is when he was still, you know, part of a CDC and then you know splintered off into and did their own thing but it's kind of funny how you know he probably like says oh look at that my name on and CDC because you know I don't know what his relationship is but uh, it's pretty interesting to, to say nonetheless but um oh, yeah I, I think it's cool aside from the Obama appearance that's another unique item that makes this book collectible Fun fact, um, if you're into presidential first appearances, I do believe Astonishing Tales number one is the first appearance of Richard Nixon. Okay, Astonishing Tales number one is the one with uh, Dr. Doom and Kazar. And it's also the first appearance of like Buzz Aldrin and Arla, um, Armstrong. It's the weirdest things ever on the label. I looked up Richard Nixon's like first appearance before, and uh, it was they said it was a book in the in like the nineties. But on the CDC, he actually appears in that Astonishing Tales number one, which is a Doctor Doom. I think it was a dual story. Like one the it was a one story was uh, Doctor Doom, and another story was Kazar. So look it up, Astonishing Tales number one, and look it up uh, and uh, look up the CDC label. It says Richard Nixon appearance on there but uh marvel.com though says uh that his first appearance is in like uh some 90s weird book but tell you i'm tell your boy because i have this book that uh if you're into it uh <laughs> if you're like trick it i'm not a crook going. <laughs> if you're into comic book presidents exactly uh halfway through the show there's 174 of you watching uh, i want to introduce you guys to a new sponsor for the show that um i talked to the ceo and uh, they're doing some good things. Uh, they've been promoted by both CGC and CBCS. So I'll just let the promo run and then talk a little bit about it. Tired of paying 10%, 15% or more to sell your cards, comics, and digital collectibles? How does 1% sound? Too good to be true? Well, not anymore. MySlabs.com is the web's premier user-driven marketplace for buying and selling slab cards, sealed wax, and now slab comics and digital collectibles. So the next time you're forced to pay 10% or more to sell something from your collection, head over to MySlabs.com and join the 1% revolution. That is a very well, well done ad, sounds right? Sounds like uh, a good deal to me, shit. So, yeah, talk to my slabs, and they're gonna, they are now sponsoring Lords of the Longbox show. Um, what's interesting about them is 1% flat fee. That's it. Um, they started in the card space, and now they're moving into the comic book space. Um, the CEO I talked to is from the comic book world. He started it with original art and in the comic book. So he's, he knows how, uh, most people have known it for its trading cards, but, uh, my slabs is a peer to peer marketplace created by collectors for collectors who are seeking alternative to high auction and consignment fees that have become standard in the hobby. Yo, I just sold a book on uh, eBay for seven fifty, and I netted six fifty 
Okay. That's, that's, a, lot, that's a lot of fees. That's a lot of fees. Um, all the inventory pricing and content of my slabs is uploaded and controlled by our sellers. Users are free to buy or sell slab cards, sealed wax, and now slab comics and digital collectibles. So that means you can actually buy NFTs on there are now available uh, while uh, benefiting with the most uh, with <laughs> with digital collectibles all while benefiting from the most disruptive pricing model in the industry. So if you're tired of um, eBay, uh, which I just got fur- thoroughly fleeced on, and um, and just to get paid out, I was like, "Where's my money?" I thought I had it; uh, it was set to like pay every day, but I had to go in there and then set it again for some reason. Then they finally sent me my money. So there you go, people out of friends at myslabs.com. Pretty easy to sign up. I signed up for it, so uh, they're building up their comic. But they have a lot of comics on there, so uh, people out myslabs.com, man. All right, what do we got up next? Number six on the list is Plasm Number Zero. This is from Defiant back in 1993. And after Jim Shooter departed from Valiant, he created a new comic company called Defiant. The flagship title for the new company began with Plasm Number Zero, which has several unique methods of distribution. Most of uh, of the print run was included as an inset in the previous catalog. Others were standard copies passed out by Shooter, which is where most of the high-grade copies sprung from, and another via a premiere edition that was a series of trading cards that, once fully collected, you would place them in an album and read the full comic book. Whatever way you find this book, it's quite difficult to find due to Marvel suing Shooter over the use of the character that UK Marvel used to call Plasmer. Defiant lost and had to change the title from Plasm to Warriors of Plasm, where Marvel continued their legal pursuit. Defiant eventually won the rights to use their character, essentially to shutter the company in 1995 after legal fees financially wiped them out. This book also only has one staple, which creates scarcity in high-grade copies. Case in point, this week's 9.6 CGC hit a new high of $699. It's worth noting that standard copies sell for around $75. So keep an eye out there for this book. Uh, that that is so weird, man. The, the, you know, you know, Jim shooter, uh, wonder why he called it defiant comics. Uh, for those asking, (laughs) all payments through my slabs is done through PayPal. You want something like PayPal to control it so that you have buyer and seller protection. That's why, uh, they use PayPal, but the one they only charge you one percent. Where you know other places will charge you ten percent flat fee and the, the claim whatever. So, you know, I had a long talk about them. You know, and so typically I don't talk about uh, sites that you know I don't use. And you know, from what they're doing, what they're trying to do, and from what eBay is doing, I, eBay doesn't give a shit about comic book collectors. I'm sorry, they just don't. I mean, just I mean, you know, unfortunately they have the most eyes right now. So. Um, but, um, they also have grading cards on there. So I'm, uh, I'm, I have a PSA 10.0 ghost rider card. I'll throw it on there, man. I don't know if it's worth anything, but you never know, man. Uh, plasm issue number zero from, uh, the one, the once defiant comics don't know how, (laughs) how long that lasted for, but it's ironic that defiant comics had to close the doors because, uh, the legal fees that they incurred. So uh, from being defiant. All right, Jack gets the Jack gets this one. This is the first one where uh, it's you can be one of four, four for four, or a zero for four because this is a a a four four maybe four for. <laughs> and I and I'm immediately reminded of you talking about moments where 
people are in Hall H buying books. At this point, I think when these signings get announced, people need to react that way because we are talking about Robert Downey Jr. covers. And it was recently announced that CGC is hosting a signing event with Robert Downey Jr. The event costs $750 per, per signature or $1,160 if you want him to write Iron Man or Tony Stark. Those looking to submit a book for signature must have their books to CGC by December 3rd. With that news, Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man covers went nuts. Invincible Iron Man number one movie variant near mint copies are selling for $50. Invincible Iron Man number 25 movie variant near mint copies are selling for $250 to $300. Iron Man number nine movie variant is selling for $64. And Iron Man number 10 movie variant is selling for at least $10. Keep in mind that these prices will go down as we get closer to December. The increase in price and sales are simply buyers looking for high-grade copies to get it signed, giving a significant premium to raw copies over graded copies. The Invincible Iron Man number 25 cover is clearly the most valuable as it features him in costume and his face visible, hence the super high price for those right now. This is one book to be keeping. Uh, <clears throat> this is one book where the timing to sell is now. I kind of like the one in his Iron Man suit where yeah, he's uh, got the, the heroic kneel right there. Yeah. That That's the one I'm partial to. But damn, seven fifty per sig. And it caused, okay, okay. I would say during the pandemic, CDC has had some really weird signings, right? Like you wouldn't, like, you know, just some random actors, like what are they going to sign, right? But we're talking Robert Downey Jr. here who birthed, pretty much birth what we consider the MCU signing us a comic book at CDC, which seems to me, if you think 750 is expensive, I went to um, Star Wars Celebration and they had um, um, Signature Alley, right? And they had menus of everything. Like uh, Mark Hamill was like 300. I think um, um, uh, Princess Leia was like 275, 300. So, I mean, you know, Mark Hamill's high up there in geeks, but I mean, Robert Robert Downey Jr. is a is a freaking mega superstar in the box office, right? Albeit, you know, a couple of misses lately with <coughs> Doolittle <coughs> and some other movies, but man, seven hundred fifty dollars a sig, wow! Uh, but they're selling um, because you know I think there will be some, you know, because. How many books can people say, hey, I have an Iron Man book signed? Because there's lots of these books exist where they have actors signing something, right? Like you see maybe uh, Momoa sign an Aquaman book or something along those lines. It really impressed me is somebody has like Tales of Suspense, whatever, the first appearance of Iron Man and gets uh, Robert Downey Jr. to sign it. How much do you think that would be worth, right? That's incredible, that, yeah. That would be absolutely nuts. Um It'd be more even entertaining if they actually filmed the signing to have him like, uh, you know, just talking, you know, because yeah, just quibbling or, you know, just talking about stuff while he's signing it. Um, but this is, it's just, I guess, you know, CC has, has to do things while, um, you know, while they don't have conventions because, you know, during conventions, that's a big time for their signature time, right? Because pretty much they got tons of people on artist row that they can get signatures for, you know, cause they, I mean, I remember talking at San Diego comic-con to a, uh, what they called what the, the runner, the guy that followed you yep. and he had a odometer on him. And he said, yeah, I did six miles today walking around San Diego comic-con, getting signatures, witnessing signatures. <laughs> I was like, good I, I Lord. Think, I think though it's worth noting though, that I think Robert Downey Jr. Is doing this to raise funds for charity. Um, so uh -huh. 
So I think I think that's where his motivation to do this is. Um, certainly a guy like Robert Downey Jr. doesn't need the money. And exactly. I think that's where the inherent value comes in in the signature is that you're not seeing him at conventions. Uh, there are certain actors in the MCU um, where they've done conventions over the, the last several years so that some of these books exist. There really isn't Robert Downey Jr. signed books on the market. Uh, you have to get really lucky to get his signature. So I think that's where a lot of that like pricing comes in. And again, it's going to charity. So the CGC advertise, did they, they promote that part about the charity part? You know, you would think they would, you know, that would be a big, he did two posts on his Instagram about about it. And I know he, he heavily promoted the charity. I think, yeah, I I think CGC should be promoting that as well, as opposed to Robert Downey Jr. Because, you know, you know, you know, you know, and then it'll get more people to want to do it because, you know, they have to just if you say seven hundred fifty dollars signature, but you say, you know, hey, the proceeds are going to charity and Robert Downey Jr. obviously doesn't need the money. Right. But CDC is making a a ton of money off of it. So, you know, they say it's going for charity, then, you know, that would help a whole lot in the marketing of it. So. There you go, man. So uh, your opportunity to get four for four, add another four, or uh, <laughs> miss another four on the list. So first time ever, a four for on the list. Iron Man number one, the movie variant. Iron Man number 25, the movie variant. Iron Man number nine, the movie variant. And Iron Man number 10. I remember when uh, photo variants uh, of actors on comics weren't worth anything. Right, I, I they were have, almost like poo pooed in a way. Like, uh, why? You know, nobody would want like the photorealistic stuff. I have a photo. Do you remember the Star Wars uh, cover with the Han Solo on it from, yeah. uh, from like OG Han Solo on it? Mm-hmm. I have that one, uh, and it's a photo cover of him on there. But nobody wanted that anymore. But you know, like I said, 2021 is a brave new world, and <laughs> in the world's world. co- or whatever, whatever you want to call it. I mean, you got it to is, adjust. With right. the, you have to adjust with the marketplace, or move to the side and let him go by you. Don't complain about it because it's exactly. what's going on in the market, right? I mean, either you like it or you don't. But if you, you don't, got other people who there's going to be ten people behind you that like it, and they're going to jump ahead of you and then do it, and then you're going to see these books on eBay going for I don't know, I'd say seven hundred fifty dollars signature. Uh, they're going to ask two thousand for it, is my guess, maybe more, depending. Um, because if you look, let's say the twenty-five is selling for two fifty to three hundred. How much are you thinking to add that? So they're going to add in the cost of the grading and the signature fee. So that puts that book at a thousand dollars, right? If they pay two hundred, two fifty, three hundred. But like Matt says, just wait a little bit, let it calm down, and you know the market always, you know, it's always first to the market. It's like technology. First adopters, you always get the benefits, but also you get the uh, the downsides. You get all the bugs that the the system has to work out. Anytime you buy something brand new, like you know the first iteration of a phone, you have to wait for you know ten system updates later, and then it finally doesn't shut off on you. Talking to you, Samsung. Anyway, that's just my own personal issues. All right, so uh, these Invincible Iron Man books with Robert Downey Jr. on the cover. If you just see him, if you see Robert Downey Jr. picture on a cover of a comic, go and get it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, next up is probably my favorite book on this list. And we got Spawn number 151, the Philip Tan wraparound. And when Spawn passed issue 100, the print run started shrinking quickly. By issue 151, after a short surge in sales for 150, the print run was super low until issue 260. It's unknown what the run was, but these issues are some of the most sought-after issues for Spawn Completus. Then you add in a variant. It gets exceptionally challenging. This wraparound B variant by Philip Tan is a perfect example of what this low run 
low print run can do. This week, a 9.8 sold for a new high of $800. If you come across spawn issues from issue 151 to 260, do yourself a favor and grab them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just look at the colors on this thing. This thing absolutely awesome. hops yes, with Philip Tan, and it kind of shows all the villains of the Spawn uh, universe, right? Um, and we've talked about this before. And our man King of the Golden State was ahead of the game, where he uh, he found one of those. What was it like? One? It was like, it was uh, like a one in five thousands or some crazy. It was like a. It was like it was like Spawn one eighty or one eighty one. He bought it for like uh, five bucks, and he sold for three grand raw. Oh, that okay. one, yes. That one, yeah. So uh, there's just some random spawn books in there. Um, you know, you know, from you know, they spawn started with a really large print run, you know, because it was image and it was doing, and then you know, eventually it's put it out. But it's amazing that it's still going. You know, I mean that it's still doing what it's doing. I, I don't, you know, it, will we ever see a spawn trailer? I don't know. <laughs> will the movie be good? I don't know. It's kind of like Malignant. It's a movie. It's trippy. I don't know if it's good. I just know it's kind of creepy. So, I mean, that's what I expect from a Spawn movie. I don't know if it's good or if it's bad, but it's creepy. But uh, we shall see, man. So, um, 119 to 260. Thank you, Joe Seaborn. So, uh, so, uh, those are the issues to look for in okay. Spawn. Um, just like Ryan says, every uh, like a certain disease that pops up every three or four months. <laughs> we just get Spawn... I, there's something behind this. There's something behind this. Something is happening. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously Spawn has a huge cult following, right? From, from, from kids. But it's who always on a list. Always. The HBO animated series, maybe even kids who like the movie to us who bought it, you know, in 1992 when image was all the rage and Spawn was probably of all the image books. I think Spawn and Wildcats were probably the best as far as art wise. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, well, every issue, I devoured every issue of Spawn every, panel by panel just because the art was just so fantastic same with jim lee on the wildcats um also a little uh only my own little favorite it was wet works you guys remember what works yes. and an image book called weapon zero which is still one of my all-time favorites uh with some great great art on it if you ever get a chance to find weapon zero in the wild i i just if it's it's cheap get it it's a fun little read and the art is absolutely fantastic uh weapon zero from uh from image comics i'm trying to remember who the artist was uh some in the live chat will probably know because you got our live chat is the best who was the creative team on um weapon zero i think it was walt simonson was the writer uh but he didn't do the art i'm trying to remember who did it some in the live chat go ahead and uh drop it in there weapon zero i'm pretty sure you have google open but uh go ahead so spawn number 151 philip tan kicking it hardcore wow i wonder how man this was this is like early philip tan from 1992 right if you think about it man 1992 was holy cow that was like almost 20 years ago Gosh, wow ryan you're getting old dude i am definitely getting old <laughs> all right what do we got up next to list without a little Star Wars action. We're talking about Star Wars Legacy number one, the WonderCon Anaheim variant from Dark Horse in 2013. Cover price highlighted this book back in March 2020 when it was hitting $100 raw as one to watch. Well, this week, a raw copy sold for a big $400 raw, which supports the even bigger raw copy that sold in July 2021 for 510 we weren't sure if that was a fluke, which is why this week's $400 price seems significant. 
This particular Star Wars Legacy issue features the first appearance of Aeneas Solo, a distant descendant of Han and Leia. We're not sure where this falls in all of the various Star Wars Disney content, but we do know that this 2013 WonderCon variant limited to just 1,000 copies with Aenea on the cover is one to keep an eye on. Yes, our anti-hero collectibles. Yeah, thirty years ago, I was like nineteen ninety-two. I forgot the I forgot to carry to zero. So yeah, uh, Star Wars Legacy number one, the WonderCon. Wait a minute, that means I'm even older. Shit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're getting older as the show goes oh on. God. Uh, so what's I was telling the guys in the live chat that my story about this because um, this was a super rare book because WonderCon Anaheim wasn't what WonderCon is now. So if you rewind back, WonderCon was a show that was actually for a good a decade or two uh, in San Francisco at the Moscone Center, right? It was uh, it was called the San Francisco Comic-Con or something like that. The Moscone Center was getting remodeled and they moved um, WonderCon down to on Anaheim in 2012. Um, and they never moved back ever since. 2013, I believe, is when they actually dubbed it WonderCon Anaheim. And I went to that one, too. Fun fact, in 2010, there was actually a Anaheim Comic-Con, which was one of the worst shows I've ever been to. Uh, I got uh, Cato Caitlin had a booth at this show. Oh, my at God. The- <laughs> uh the only cool like i was telling uh, ryan earlier but i did get a cool picture uh black belt jones himself yep, uh jim those. kelly was there awesome. uh rod from what's happening was there uh it was interesting to see artists it's always interesting to see like celebrity row on um these shows that aren't like um like san diego comic-con right like, i mean sometimes you get some real c-listers on there but man this anaheim because i remember it was like called anaheim comic-con in 2010 and then you know I, I guess after that they really wanted um and then you know so really they never went back to the, uh, the bay area because silicon valley comic-con ended up happening so i guess they thought you know they don't need to but you know i they should do it now but either way uh anaheim now has WonderCon, and i'm glad because it's 15 minutes away from my house and it's one of my favorite shows actually to go to because there's actually a lot of uh comic book vendors there so star wars legacy number one the WonderCon anaheim variant from dark horse from march 2013 all right last one on the list boys and girls you know we can't have this list without a horror book yeah baby last but not least the vault of horror number 30 this is from ac back in 1953 and you know how much we love pre-horror code books. Uh, so when we saw this one, Johnny Craig hanging hand cover, it hit a new high sale of $2,000 for a CGC 8.5. It had to be included on this list. You absolutely never see covers like this anymore. And even with the absence of the comics code, you still don't see these kind of covers. We never went back to what they were doing in the 50s and 40s. Man, not only you have a severed hand holding on to a subway rail, but you got to also have floating heads for Floating Head Friday. You got the Vault Keeper, the Crypt Keeper, and the Old Witch. Obviously, the Crypt Keeper is probably the one that's, uh, you know, is that is the same? What's yeah, it the, is. The Crypt Keeper from uh, Tales from the Crypt. To, Tales from the Crypt. It used to be like an anthology show on HBO, I think, Great Cinemax. Show. And they eventually HBO. made a, because uh, I remember he used to have this cackling laugh, you know, and hey, it was yeah. like a kind of talking skeleton guy, you know. Uh, but man, I'm telling you. Uh, so it's cool to see. I wonder what if uh, what's the first appearance of the Crypt Keeper. I know it's definitely not this book because it would be uh, more than that. So I'm pretty sure somebody in the live chat knows. Maybe it's Vault of Horror number one. Who knows? Yeah. 
Look it uh, up. I know my man Josh is a big uh, fan of horror, man. So, uh, you know, so uh, I wonder, uh, somebody tell me what the first appearance of the Crit Keeper is. And while you're looking that up, let's go see what's shaking today, boys and girls, on the Cover Price website. Do, 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 do. Look at this. I got this down to uh, an art now. Look at that. Seamless transition. Or did it? No, I guess it didn't. <laughs> I was. I thought I was cool for a second. Here we go. Share. And voila! Look at that. Even oh, look at that. Even my pretty face shows up on there. You can add your your picture on there as a you- as an avatar. Uh, there's our weekly top ten. These are the movers. Kind of uh, look at that Spider Man moving. Hey, you know what? I got. I picked this up. Maze book. Glad to see this book. Is that Jeff Lemire? Lemire? Yes, it is. Yeah. This dropped on Wednesday, actually. Uh, 23 units sold in the aftermarket for those. It looks like one he drew and wrote. Yeah. So, um, wow. So, we didn't talk about Amazing Fantasy last week with the record sale, but I guess whoever couldn't get that got had to get the crumbs from that one. Hey. And, uh, and a 1.8 sold for 28,100. That's oh, a lot of crumbs. Man. My God. I remember you can get a. Three grand. I remember you get a 3.0 or 4.0 for about 7,000. Those days are long gone, my friend. Um, Black Knight, this is the original Black Knight. Um, not really Marvel. This is an Atlas Comics version of it, but this is his first uh, appearance. Not in 616 continuity, obviously, but uh, from May 1st, 1955, 3,900 for a 4.5. People saw uh, Kit Harrington that said, yo, we need to see him. Kit Harrington is big, Silver Surfer. Typical suspects on here. I like this Hulk book. Let me take a look at this one. Incredible Hulk issue number four. Love this. You never see this anymore. No. Covers nowadays is just art. It's it, There's no action. Rarely if there's ever action. There's no dialogue. There's nothing. But look at here. <laughs> they make covers that have nothing to do with the story. Yeah, yeah. most of them. Yeah. Yeah, look at this one. It tells you two feature-length Hulk thrillers in this issue. One called The Monster and the Machine. One called Mongo the Gladiator from Space. Fantasy as you like it. Mongo. And, you know, and to me that has Stan Lee hyperbole written all over it, right? He loved to be, uh, you know, you know that's why he called things like The Incredible Hulk, The Savage She-Hulk, The Invincible Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk. Paste Pop Pete. He's popping, yeah. Daredevil, the Man Without Fear. You know, things of that nature. Here we go, Ryan. Just for, there right you, for you go. We got some DC books. I love this cover. This is this is probably my favorite Joker cover. Neil Adams love right there, right? This is Neil Adams. Batman number two fifty one, classic cover by Neil Adams. As it shows, it's a key issue. Eleven fifty for an eight point five. I think that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Eight point five. If you get Neil Adams to sign it, maybe end up being a seven point zero though. He's kind (laughs) of likes to flip through his books, you know. Sure does. Um, we talking about we we actually. Okay, so here's why I know something is going on, right? Um, we talked about this. Uh, Jack, you weren't on the show last week, but this was on the. Sh- this showed up when we were looking through big sales of the week on, and we did this last Thursday. I think two days later they announced that um, Grendel was gonna was getting a live action series on Netflix. So this goes to prove you there is a pri- there is a secret ball of collectors or at least people who are involved in Grendel who told their friends who sa- are saying hey we're doing a Grendel series one tells another and boom 999 for a raw comic good luck good luck even finding this right where do you have you when's the last time you I've seen never a seen primer this, number 2 in public never 
Yeah, just impossible. Go back up real quick. Go to that. Uh, go to that Super World's Finest. Is that oh, the God. first appearance of Tom Sparks? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> Introducing the brand new hero, Tom Sparks. Look at the big brain on Brad. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I love these the DC Golden Age covers. They're just so goofy. You got Robin playing a robot here by uh, uh, in a game of chess, supposedly you know mentored Checkers. by the world's greatest detective. So we'll see how he did. Uh, Seven point oh, so four thousand dollars. Not like bad it. at all, man. And it just goes into one of the most things about DC and the early Golden Age books, uh, or the Golden Age, they did a lot of yellow covers. Uh, they really I, did. I, they I did. thought I was crazy when I saw this, but I was like, hey, look at all these action comics. Most of them have yellow covers. And I was thinking, it's got to be something to do with the colors, the printers, or were cheaper back then to do yellow covers. Oh, uh, but come anyway. on. Zoot comics. Oh, come on. Come How on. can we not talk we about Zoot? not talk oh, about this one. Look at that. Oh, Rala. Rula. Jungle guy. Exciting new Rula. Jungle Goddess. It looks very uh, Betty Page-ish to me. Yes, she does. Um, this is Zoot number seven from Fox Comics, 1947. $600 for a 6.5. This is just, it's just now, I remember at one point, um, old comics, just because, weren't worth anything. That has totally changed. Like, old comics, people are realizing, you know what? These old comics, they're not easy to come by. You know, if I slab them or, or whatever. Oh, man, I love this book. This, I, I, at one point, I think I had this entire run. It's awful, awful storytelling, or, uh, but it's goofy fun because it reminds me of my youth when the, there used to be a Godzilla animated series on Saturday mornings on NBC. Uh, if you remember that, um, this is Godzilla King of Monsters. From 1977, 9.8 and 665. Wow. This was uh, easily a, like a $200, $300 book in a 9.8 back then. Uh, good to see Godzilla on there. Also, um, one of my favorite issues or runs of all time is uh, Shogun Warriors. Um, just because they're Shogun Warriors, right? But, oh, my God. If you try to read it, oh, it is awful, <laughs> awful storytelling. It is, is not good at all. Here you go. This is for you, Ryan. Oh, I, yeah. That's cute. For some reason, that I read... That young da- girl I, looks really old for some reason. I read Dairy Secrets. Like, they were in a barn. For some reason, my dyslexia kicked in, and I thought it was Dairy Secrets. <laughs> it's actually Diary Secrets. So, from 1955, <laughs> from St. John Comics, 545 for 4.5. Just one of those weird kind of romance novel comic books back then. I wonder, who were they making these for? Little boys or little girls? I, You know, I just don't know. I just don't know. Ooh. Look at this one. Who remembers The Haunt? This is McFarlane, Kirkman, Ryan Otley, and Capullo. That is one hell of a team. If you think that about is, now, uh, where they all now yeah. are now, right? Uh, Todd McFarlane, Robert Kirkman, Ryan Otley, uh, Capullo. 475 for 9.8. Look at all these covers he did. Look at that. Whatever happened? I wonder how many issues this ran. But uh, that's pretty cool, man. That is pretty cool. Look at all the other covers on here. It's pretty dope, too. God, all this, all this, all these big names behind it, and the hunt never picked up. But uh, who knows? Maybe they saw it now, and some Hollywood producers like saying, "Hey, did you ever do a comic called The Hunt? Maybe I can put that on Netflix or something." We need stuff on there. Um, speaking of Tales of the Crypt, here's another one. Oh, that's like uh, that gives me anxiety just watching. There's a movie, uh, Ryan Reynolds, where yes, he's trapped. I cannot in a watch that movie. I am claustrophobic. Oh my god, I can't even go inside MRI. That's how claustrophobic I get. I gotta, yeah, I gotta, I gotta take Xanax. No, I, yeah, they kind of, I, I, I asked, uh, they prescribe me Valium before I go in there. 
And then I don't remember getting out of there. <laughs> they go, you didn't have to need somebody to pick you up. I can handle it. I said, where do okay, I? Hey. Oh, you're so tea leaves, you saw a Black Knight number one from Atlas. And now look at this. You got it on Avengers. Yeah. Number 48. This is the first. Now, this wasn't the first appearance. This is the first cover appearance. 47 is actually the first appearance. Um, so even though so 47, uh, or I guess you say it's a cameo, but 47 and 48 kind of going, but this is obviously the one that, you know, he's features on the cover, um, 554, 4.5. Uh, I mean, you don't hire Kit Harrington for the Eternals and not right. do more with them. Right. right. Um, yeah. That's my logic with that too. That's gotta be a long-term play. Hey, Star yeah. Trek fans. When have you seen a Star Trek book on the list? Wasn't it just Star Trek day? Like last week or something. I remember some, some posts about it. Um, I didn't really pay attention cause they were all from nerds and virgins. I'm just kidding. Trekkies. <laughs> I love you. You know, I love you. I'm just kidding. Uh, gold key. I remember good old gold key, man. Uh, Star Trek. Number one from 1967, 394 raw comic. Uh, it was either last week or a week before. I saw it trending on Twitter. They were like, happy Star Trek Day. Um, I remember that. Hey, this is, I believe, from our man Ken Lashley. Yeah, this is hot. Yeah. Ken Lashley variant. Man, he owes me some. I asked him for a couple of signed copies. So Moon Knight, this is the obviously the most recent iteration of it uh, from July 2021, 354.9.8. This is the Virgin variant, which um, the logo typically was right here. Or do I have it? I remember asking him. It was a con exclusive for some show that Ken Lashley went to. I'm trying to think what it was. But, yeah, he was bringing them there, and then I was asking him, do you have any copies? He goes, I don't even have them yet. So Another zoot yeah. on the list. I want to show this one because I love Michael Turner. Uh, Spider-Man 2. This is a San Diego Comic-Con 2017 Virgin variant. I do believe this is the first appearance of Evil Miles Morales, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's not even in the credits here, but 350 for 9.8. But just look at that cover. That That's is so cover. gorgeous. Oh. Michael Turner, rest in peace, man. You left too soon, man. Left too soon. But his art seems to pop up everywhere. Okay, we got to talk about this. This uh, this book is going to blow up, I think. I mean, do you see those circles when you were, when I was talking about from the mm -hmm. trailer? It's it's like totally pulling from Matt Friction's run. I mean, the entire trailer has these circles in it. So, I mean, in this, you also see that's where the tracksuit mafia comes in. Pizza Dog comes in. Uh, first appearance of Arrow. Lucky later becomes Lucky the Pizza Dog. There you go. People, people saw Pizza Dog. They go, I got to have it. But this is done today because the trailer dropped, what, two days ago? When did the trailer drop? Was it yesterday? I, I have no, I, I have no it concept all blends of time together. anymore. It really I doesn't. actually woke up this morning thinking it was Friday. So what do I Oh, know? me too. Me too. Uh, 350 for 9.8. First appearance of Pizza Dog. And Pizza Dog did make his little appearance on the screen, which everybody had to ooh and ah over. So uh, that's it, boys and girls. Uh, yeah, man. So uh, that's it. Not going to keep you guys captive anymore since it's 7 o'clock and uh, we finish over our, our last hour. Hey, Dark Side Jedi, any last words? No, I won't keep you. Thank you. All right. Mr. Bolo. No, I'm going to go get caught up on Titans. Oh, I. You know what? I do have last words. I finished that just before the show, dude. It just keeps getting better. It. Just, I and and there's they're alluding to something. I don't know. We'll have to talk about it after. That's right. You, you see it because it. they're they're alluding. I think they're alluding to something. Um, beyond Titans. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh -oh. See how we it pans out. Yeah, I don't know. The kid, the actor who played Red Hood, it was kind of annoying to me at first, but I guess he's, he's okay. supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be annoying at first. And he looks small, like 
when he doesn't have his mask on, he looks like he's five five. Then when he becomes Red Hood, he's like six feet tall. <laughs> I guess he, <laughs> that's, the, that's movie magic for you. So uh, hey, we promise either tomorrow or Saturday we're gonna do the seven thousand subscriber giveaway contest. We have a bunch of entries. We need to do this while we're sitting on all these cool stuff to give you guys. Really appreciate you guys for uh, supporting the Lords. Uh, all of our sponsors, CoverPrice.com, KRSComics.com, The Geeky Swag Shop, Comic Tunes and Toys in Tustin, California, Rocket Comics, and our new sponsor, MySlabs.com. So make sure you all give them and show them the same support you give us. And uh, we will see you. Pay attention to our, my social media. I'm still trying to get around as many lords as I can to do the giveaway. Um, so make sure you. So make sure you enter the video still up and you'll have until the day of the video because we're going to pull the winner. The grand prize winner is going to be pulled from that video where we just do a randomizer. So um, we will see. And we'll you probably, either. you know, reward the chat in chat too. Uh, yeah, we're going to give away stuff in the live chat because Ryan got has some stuff. stuff. Yeah, we got some we got uh, tons trade of stuff paperbacks to give away, so, and all sorts yeah. of stuff. We'll have at least, you know, 20 or 25 winners. No, I'm just kidding. No, at least <laughs> the grand prize winner, and then we'll probably give away like six, seven things in the live chat. So uh, for AKA Mr. Bolo, Dark Side Jedi, this is TiVo. Keep digging in the long boxes and peace out. Now let's do this. Rewind, Silicon. Come again. Pull up that from the top to the very last. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who are you to make their lives bitter in hard bondage? In this, you shall know that the Lord is up there. Oh,